Hey there, all you nerds and nerdettes. Welcome to the Reliable Nerd and Friends. Come join us as we sit around and talk about all the things that are going on in the world of video games, movies, TV, anime, and comics. And you can find us every week on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast Services. If you enjoy this show, leave us a review and a five-star rating to let us know. Now sit back and let your nerd sense tingle. Welcome back, guys, to the Reliable Nerd and Friends. I'm John, the Reliable Nerd, and I'm joined by a couple friends. Jordan and Jacob are back today. What's up, guys? Doing good. Hanging out. Doing great. Hanging out more than Jacob. Nice. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Just a quick announcement to our listeners. We are changing some things up here at the Reliable Nerd and Friends. We are going to start posting new episodes on Wednesdays instead of Mondays. So yeah, look forward to that. Also, just a reminder, we will not be talking about E3 this episode, because E3 is currently still going on, so we are saving that for the next episode. Let's go. Have us a bunch of juicy information next next episode. We, we still have some today, but it's mostly uh, TV and movies, which never happens. It's like everything is reversed to this episode. Ah, I'm fine with this, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Working a lot. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Work, work, work all day long. Um, your boy here, um, I've been playing through the second DLC of Kakarot. Me too. Um, excited to play the third DLC that just came out on the 11th, uh, the Trunks DLC. And then your boy did... Something that I'm pretty happy to say. Um, I dropped a new personal record in Warzone. 21 kills in a game. Nice. It was absolutely bananas. Um, I'm guessing it did come show you up then, Jordan. <laughs> I actually uploaded the clip to YouTube, so you can watch it on my YouTube. But oh. yeah, that's that's basically been my week. That's at least the highlight of my week. That sounds like fun. I've been also playing Kakarot DLC. I'm a little annoyed, though, because they're making me play as Piccolo now, and Piccolo's, like, level 70, because I barely use him, and the stuff you have to do is, like, level 100, so that's always fun. And I've been playing the new season of Fortnite. Hey, hey. Because I like me some aliens. Yeah, the new I've Warzone. I've playing a lot of Final Fantasy, too. Hmm. I forgot about that. Final Fantasy Online? Yeah. Yeah, 14. yeah Jacoby's joined the Final Fantasy MMO train. Yeah, the new Warzone season's getting ready to come out also. Season 4. Yeah, I've been waiting that. for for Season 3 to end so I can start playing it because I don't want to start the season and then get, like, nothing. Right. They're bringing back Hijacked, if you remember that one from Black Ops. I saw Sport. that, yeah. I, I didn't see that. <clears throat> so, yeah. That's I'm pretty, pretty excited cool. for it. I won't be playing, so that's awesome. <laughs> Maybe you should. It's cross-play. Play with us. No, I'm, I'm good. Maybe when Battlefield comes out. Oh, God. Here we go. A Battlefield guy. <laughs> I'm also Look. a Battlefield guy, so I'm just saying. Um, so, yeah, rolling right into things. We're going to do the news roundup first. Um, as you know, E3's going on right now. Um, I know I still wouldn't talk about E3, but technically these aren't announcements. These are just speculation and more so excitement maybe um insiders say that 
supposedly we're something Jake and I have talked about many, many times is that we're for sure getting a Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD double pack for Zelda's 35th anniversary, which I am super stoked for. If it doesn't happen, I think I'll be more upset than more than excited at this point. Um, cause there, there's two things I need to do. It needs to be <clears throat> Wind Waker, Twilight Princess HD, double pack. Or give me a damn release date for Breath of the Wild 2. That's all I, all, I, all I want right now. I think if we got both, we would literally cry. Or fans would literally cry, I should say. Because that's a lot of Zelda excitement to go over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll reveal... I don't know how much Zelda they're going to do. Because they still need to do like their Zelda-themed anniversary direct. Because Mario got one in... September of last year, and Zelda sells way better than than Mario usually, so I don't know if they'll do their own direct, or if they'll just go ahead and wrap it into E3. But, going on with that topic, um, pictures of a poster sparked debate online, which we know what the poster's for now, um, that GameStop is having for spending money on Zelda merchandise, but people assumed that that's just leading more into the Zelda anniversary because it's just funny that they're doing a Zelda promotion the same week that E3 Direct is happening. So it just makes sense that maybe they will lean heavily into Zelda because fans are expecting Breath of the Wild 2 to be there. And the poster features many different links in Zelda's, so it seems more like an anniversary-type poster than a Skyward Sword poster or a Breath of the Wild 2 poster. Um, A lot of people assumed at first when the poster leaked that it would be a gift for pre-ordering Breath of the Wild 2, but we now know that's not true. But still, a lot of fans are hyped for Zelda announcements because of that poster. And then one other thing I wanted to add that just kind of happened while we were getting ready to record. Uh, I noticed on Twitter several different YouTubers that I follow who are uh, Nintendo content creators received a package today from Nintendo. And it says, the package says prepare for E3 and then it's a personalized Nintendo hoodie for them. But then there's a mysterious black box inside of it. And it says break in case of extreme excitement. And they're being told not to open it till tomorrow. But it's just very interesting. I mean, Nintendo's really laying on the hype train. They're definitely trying to get people excited. What size is the box? Um, I don't know. Really? It's a square. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Is it it like big enough to put games in or big enough to put a console in? No, I don't think either. Could you imagine, like, they tell them to break it open tomorrow, and they do, and it's the Switch Pro. Oh my god. Or, or it's just a copy of Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> yeah, or that. I mean, that'd be cool, too. That would be insane. But hopefully, I mean... hopefully or they could do a troll thing as soon as you bust it open. Just confetti <clears throat> everywhere. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be insane. I was trying to find it real quick for you guys, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. I have to work tomorrow, but I'm really stoked for whatever happens. Nintendo never disappoints at E3, so I think it's going to be epic regardless. 
Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Nintendo Directs are always great, so it, 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 whatever they do, it's, it's going to have good things. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't get a Switch Pro announcement, I think what's going to happen is they're going to show enough stuff for the second half of 2021 that's really going to get people hyped and want to buy Switches regardless. So, mm-hmm. Which, since we didn't get an announcement before E3, I don't think we'll get a Switch Pro announcement. I think what's going to happen is they're going to do something after E3, and then I bet they'll be like, hey, this, 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 and this game that we're showing at E3 will run better on the Switch Pro to kind of make up for it not being revealed beforehand. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me too. All I know yeah. is that tomorrow it's the closeout show for E3. They better come out swinging, and they better swing for the fences. It's Nintendo and Bandai Namco. So, so Jordan... If for some freak reason that they do announce a Switch Pro, you're pre-ordering it, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Cool. I really... What I really want... We'll do one more prediction. If they did announce a Switch Pro, I want a Legend of Zelda Special Edition, and I want them to be like, March, on the anniversary of Nintendo Switch, do Legend of Zelda Switch Pro with Breath of the Wild 2. I'd be down for that. I would throw so much money at that. Oh, yeah. It would be so good. Um, I guess moving on then to Xbox News. Uh, Game Pass is coming to smart TVs. And more, yeah. Interesting. So do you you have to have a controller with the TV then? Does it just come with a controller now? Um, I would assume that you would still have to buy a controller, but Phil Spencer said that they're currently working with several of the top smart TV uh, developers to basically make it to where Game Pass is built into the TV already. So basically you'll unbox the TV, turn it on, you'll see Netflix, Hulu, and Game Pass side by side. Um, and which is why they've been working so hard on xCloud, because I think that's how it's going to work. You, you're you're going to have to play the games off of xCloud for them to run properly. Uh, okay, so you're telling me you won't even need an Xbox to play it, you'll just need a controller? Correct. Microsoft has been saying all along that their goal is to get X Game Pass on as many devices as popular to get as many users into their ecosystem as possible. And we already know it works with phones because of xCloud. And that's why I really think it will come to Switch eventually. And maybe even PlayStation, who knows. But they even said they're working on a web browser version. just So you could just open it on a web browser and be good to go. So... You're telling me that they're trying to push themselves out of the console race by making all of their games available on like a handheld device and your TV, to where all you would need is a controller. Not necessarily. I mean, yes and no. They're still going to develop consoles because that's the other topic. Is Phil Spencer said they're already working on the next console, even though it's many years away from being ready, but. It's kind of like the Wii. The Wii, when it came out, it brought a ton of people into gaming that weren't gamers because of it being more of a casual device with the motion controls and the more family-friendly games. Microsoft's philosophy is, if you're not going to buy our console, we have to find other ways to get you into our ecosystem and still spend money. They want 20 million subscribers to Game Pass. They're They're betting on it. That's wow. why they, yeah. That's that's insane. I did not know that that was their, like, 
overarching goal was to just get Game Pass in as many hands as possible. Yeah, that's why I don't think the rumors about Game Pass eventually coming to Switch are so off the wall. Because one, we know Nintendo and Xbox have a wonderful relationship together. But also, the fact that Microsoft wants it on many, many platforms. Yeah, but like, there's so many new games, though, that they put on Game Pass. There'd be no way you could run that on a Switch. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Two, two, two arguments to that. One is PC's Game Pass does not have everything that the console Game Pass has. Two, xCloud. Nintendo has already been um, trying to work with streaming games anyways, but their servers suck. So if you bring xCloud to Switch, it's going to greatly improve that system. I mean, Nintendo just announced randomly on Twitter that uh, A Plague's Tale, or whatever that game's called, is Mm -hmm. coming to Switch through cloud streaming. So if you had xCloud with better servers and better systems, it might work better. So it'll be completely server-reliant then, if it does yes. go to like a Switch. Oh, it's basically, it's like Stadia. It's like a better version of Stadia, because Microsoft knows what they're doing when it comes to networking and building systems. That's a, Man, they got some cojones to, to put that on, on the line and, and bet on their servers, because I can think of so many game companies that, no matter what, they're even Call of Duty and Activision, like their servers are so spotty all the time. Like, I don't know. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll be interested yep. to see it, but I think even no matter what, either way they do it, like if they make enough money off of it, like they can really do what they want. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and obviously they are betting a lot on it because look how many games keep coming to Game Pass day one. And how many developers they're buying. They're trying to build this huge system of games. And I don't know how... They, I still don't know how they make money, but... Now, I will say, the thing that still... They have a problem with... They keep buying all these developers, and they keep doing all this stuff, right? And they're pushing Game Pass so hard, which is great. And they're getting a lot of games on, on day one. There's still the problem of exclusives. Here, where, yeah. yeah. Where, where PlayStation just has them beat... And it, like, and it's not like it's a small beat. Like, it's a it's a big thing that they they, they do at PlayStation because every PlayStation exclusive game that comes out is kind of pretty big. Maybe you could say Days Gone wasn't as big as the other ones, but all the other ones have just been phenomenal. Right, and and people will argue that Game Pass makes the Series X worth it, but once again, you can't say you have the world's most powerful console and then rely on third parties to carry said console. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think about that, because like there's been a lot of third-party games that have come out this last year that are great. Hades, as an example, is phenomenal. I would gladly pay $60 on that game, because it was amazing. And that's fine. But once again, when you have PlayStation coming out with all these exclusives, why should I buy a Series X just for third parties when I could play these amazing exclusives plus third parties on the same machine. I agree with you there. And by the way... I'm glad there's people higher up that have way better knowledge with this stuff than me because I don't understand how they even make money on Game Pass if they put every new game on their day one. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, I had someone break it down to me and it 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 makes it pretty pretty simple. So... $15 a month for Game Pass, right? 
when you buy a brand new game, it's going to take you like sixty bucks on on average, right? To pay how much is it? For, how much is it for a year, though? That I don't know. Um, Fifteen bucks a month, though, four months, then year? you have that. You have that game. If you keep paying for that game, then they're just making a profit off that game. Then that's interesting. Just for you to own that game, right? But you never truly own the game. That's my yep. issue with Game Pass. Well, okay, so I look at it like this then. So you just talked about how like they, they were even talking about working on the next console for Microsoft and all this, but then you're <clears> talking about how like they're going to use the cloud and they're going to put it on smart TVs and all this other stuff. Would that not then make like the consumer, somebody like me who doesn't have the new Xbox, I would be like, why do I need the Xbox then? It's a valid point. Yeah. Why would I pay 500 bucks whenever I can just... I need to upgrade my TV anyway. Oh, and it's going to come with Game Pass? Okay. Then I just buy what'll, that. What will probably happen is the the games you get on the smart TV are going to be dumb... Or not dumbed down, but like less... Uh, not as good... Not as good of versions, I'm sure. Not intensive games. Like, they're going to be games that, that, that a smart TV can run. Because obviously a smart TV is not there to, to process a whole game. It's going to be there right. to, like, handle some small things. So, I like, I don't think you're going to play Halo Infinite on a smart TV. Right. I think you could probably play a couple of other games. And like I'm, not among even, us. I'm not even mm-hmm. saying that either, but, like, you know, with Halo Infinite, you know, even with, like, the, the announcement about multiplayer, which we won't get into it because that'll be for later, but um, I'm just like, okay, so I've got, like, now I've got a gaming PC. I've got a PS5. If they're going to be doing this where they're going to just push Game Pass all over the place where I can literally get it from anywhere, I can get it on my PC now. I, like, it gives me even more of a reason not to buy their console. Very true. Because that, that, that's like my what, situation. Just, just like what I you're pointing out is they don't have enough exclusives for me to be like, okay, I've got to get an Xbox because there's mm-hmm. all these good, good games I'm missing out on. I can play the Master Collection a PC on my gamer. PC. And I, I just don't buy Xbox exclusive games because I have it on. I have, like I can get them one if I want them. I can get them on my PC, but I have a PS5 because you can't get them any other way. Right, right. Sorry, don't mean to keep cutting you off. No, you're fine, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Xbox, in my opinion, still has a lot to prove. Um, my my other thing is they're buying all these studios, all these accusations. Uh, Acquisitions, and we're still not seeing anything out of them. Mm-hmm. Like we're not seeing. You've been buying studios for years, not just the last couple of years, but for years, even while you had the Xbox One, and we're still not seeing what these studio. Other than Obsidian, Obsidian is the only studio that they purchase that regularly pumps out content because they did Outer Worlds and they did the DLC, and then they're already working on a sequel. So, and then Rare, I guess technically is pumping out stuff, but that's it. They own, like, 25 game studios. And it's just frustrating. It's really frustrating. Yeah. And one more thing, because you said Hades. Even though they didn't say it at Microsoft's presentation, Hades is also coming to PS4 at the same time. PS4 and PS5 at the same time as it's coming to Xbox. I've seen that. Yeah. You should, you should grab it. If you haven't grabbed it, you should grab it. It's really good. I want to get it on Switch. So I can play um, it portably. And I guess uh, moving on to PS5, Last of Us and Uncharted teams are working on a standalone multiplayer game, which I think that's cool. Because I remember yeah. like, the original Last of Us multiplayer, and it was it was fun. I thought it was interesting, like having your own like like city kind of. Mm-hmm. My in- interest in this is 
originally they said they were making a Last of Us Part 2 multiplayer mode, but it would be sold separate from the game. But now they're saying they're making on a stand they're making a standalone multiplayer game. So does that mean the Last of Us 2 multiplayer has been canceled and now they're doing this? Or is this the Last of Us Part 2 multiplayer game? Like they didn't really clarify it, but uh, I did gives, like the This gives me what? major Apex Legends vibes when when Respawn said that they were working on a game, but it, it was it might be tied to Titanfall two and, and that universe, but it might not. And then they just dropped Apex Legends on it on us. Yeah, like, that's kind of what this is giving me. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever hated anything Naughty Dog has done, so I'm definitely willing to see what they have in the works for sure. Um, and hopefully that might get revealed soon because a. I saw on Twitter also that a few reputable insiders are saying that PlayStation is planning a big event sooner than people think, so to expect something within the next couple weeks. So I wonder... I wonder what that means. Are, are they going to like make up a new event where that's where they'll just do their so, own stuff? In 2019, when there was still E3, they had this, the week of E3... Um, Sony did a state of play so kind of like haha we're doing our own thing but we're going to do it at the same time but we're not going to be a part of E3 so it makes sense and by doing it the thing that PlayStation loves to do is every time Microsoft has an event they like to go after so that they can give the big middle finger to Microsoft it never fails with the price reveal of, the next, uh, of Xbox One with even with the Series X and PS5 reveals, they always wait to see what Microsoft has to show, and then they come out swinging and make people forget about Microsoft. So the fact that they're doing it a week to two weeks after E3 does not surprise me, because they're probably like, let's see what Microsoft's got going, what they're going to show off, and then we'll just destroy them. And by doing it not during the week of E3... All eyes are on them. No other game announcements will be happening. So everything on social media, everything on YouTube, is going to be all PlayStation. They don't have to compete with Bethesda, Microsoft, Capcom, Bandai Namco, Nintendo. This is all. This is true, but it could also very much so backfire on them too. So I mean, it it, it is a big risk reward type thing. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Because if the announcements aren't that great, then I mean, you're right. It could bite them in the butt mm-hmm. right but being that we don't know anything that's coming the rest of the year now that ratchet and clank are out except for horizon they need to show us some stuff so i'm definitely excited mm-hmm. yeah have, has any of us played the new ratchet yet no unfortunately no. not no it's not my not my game sadly not not to say it's a bad game i just i didn't grow up playing ratchet and clank so i don't really have a yeah Right. I really wanted it, but I can't really afford it right now. And John, I know that me and you kind of talked about this, but go ahead and let's let the people know about this this Death Stranding news. Okay, so my heart broke for Jordan. Um, as you know, a couple episodes, we have talked extensively about Metal Gear Solid rumors and how big of a fan Jordan is and how bad he wants a remake or a remaster or a re-release. So, this past week we had Microsoft, or not Microsoft, we had Jeff Keighley's Game Fest. 
And one of the announcements there was actually a PlayStation announcement. So they had Sam from Death Stranding. They had this trailer open up. It focused down this long hallway. And then you had a giant corridor with all these patrolling guards. And then I was like, oh, are they teasing Metal Gear Solid? And then it goes back to the end of the hall, and it's Sam from Death Stranding. Well, then he walks to the end of the hallway, and he looks over, and there's a vent. So I'm like, okay, is are we getting Snake? Is he going to crawl, crawl out of the vent, or is Sam going to crawl in the vent? And then he looks over, and there's a box on a shelf, a giant box. I'm like, okay, he's going to find Snake hiding in the box. So Sam takes the box off the shelf, empties it, nothing's in it. Then he climbs inside of the box, and I'm like, okay, he's going to climb in the box, Snake's going to pop out. And then he sits in the box for a minute, he gets out, and then they're like, Death Stranding Director's Cut coming to PS5. I'm like, what the hell was that? That was like the biggest cock tease I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know Metal Gear Solid fans are probably wetting themselves during the beginning of that. Literally all of, okay, so all of that... I'm like, oh my god, oh, they're, they're Easter egg. Okay, a box. Oh my god, you know, oh, a vent. It's literally, oh, okay, they're about to do this. And for it to be this. I I don't even know if I could name three people that is a fan of the Death Stranding world. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so I don't know why they keep, they're, they're trying to continue on with this, because I'm... I'm I'm so sad. I'm well, you don't want to see monster advertisements whenever your character's going to use the bathroom? No, and I don't want to see Ride with Norman Reedus on AMC, even though you're playing as a character that's played by Norman Reedus. Like, it's just, it's so stupid. Probably Kojima didn't sell as many copies as he hoped, and him and PlayStation want to keep a good relationship, so he's probably like, hey, let's try to sell it on PlayStation 5, because they're in hot demand right now, maybe it'll do better. I love but I don't I love that the 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 new gen consoles have just been hey play this old gen game on the PS5 or the Series X mm-hmm. now instead of play them better. I mean hey they just released the new Star or Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order on PS5 which I mean I don't really mind that one. Yeah, the next gen upgrade came out. <laughs> Here's my thing. Give me a remake of Metal Gear Solid Sony or I will be on your doorstep. That's Wait, it. I, that, that sounds like a threat. It's not a threat. I didn't say why I would be there. I said I will be there, though. I think the thing is, is if we get one, it's not going to be Kojima. It'll be Bluepoint. Bluepoint is the king of remakes for Sony. And after Demon Souls, they've proved that they can follow the source material but make it stand out. So I really think if they trust somebody to do it that's not Kojima, it's going to be Blue Point Studios. And now that I'm, Demon's Souls is done, I could see them that being their next game. And that's that fine. being that said... Straight up is fine with me. Because at this point, I don't care. Just give me a... Re- you can make literally a remake of the game and just slightly advance the graphics and even keep the clunky you know, controls and I'll still replay this game. My question is, because several of the games were on GameCube, why the hell haven't we had any of the HD ports moved over to Switch? That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, 
I'm telling you, they're sitting on a Metal Gear Gold mine, and it's just like, oh yeah, well, we made we made five, so I guess we'll just call it good. They're making a movie, and it's like, if you want the movie to do well, the best way to do that is to re-release the games to get people rehyped for it. Well, here's my hope. Fingers crossed, okay? That if Sony does this state of play, whatever bullcrap here in a couple weeks, something mm-hmm. will be announced. Because if not, yeah. I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> what if cry. they're doing this as a tease, though? As just a fake thing? Of, yeah, we're making Death Stranding Director's Cut. And then, like, a month before the game comes out, they're like, oh, actually, this is Metal Gear Solid, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I, Kojima would totally do something like that, too. Yeah. Totally. God. So sad. S- yep. Sadness. Just all of a sudden, yeah. one day they update the trailer, and instead of like instead of it just Sam just messing with the box, Snake just pulls the box and just punches Sam. Well, here's the thing too. Kojima did say he could not talk about his next game, but he did have something to show us. What if he was actually telling us what his next game was without telling us what his next game was? Maybe he is making a new Metal Gear Solid game. Well, like you don't just put a vent and a box. In an advertisement like that, and then not expect people to think it has something to do with Metal Gear Solid. See, it, with how they did it, it makes me think that they're trying to tease. Like, they're like, oh yeah, that's training, director's cut. They're like, but there's also Metal Gear Solid coming. Shh. Right, exactly. Like, don't tell your mom. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. But I. Then I again, hope for you. There's a lot of stuff that, that, that since E3's been announced, I've been let down by. So <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, de- we'll definitely say that this has not been as amazing of a weekend as I thought it'd be. But anyways, um, last thing I wanted to talk about that will maybe take a look, not too much time hopefully, but uh, so the Horizon Forbidden West developer says to stop worrying about old generation consoles holding back development for the next consoles because it's untrue. So, people have been giving PlayStation a ton of crap for the announcement that God of War and Gran Turismo 7 are going to be on both consoles after all. And we've discussed already that um, it would be foolish of them to leave behind the 115 million consoles they have out in the wild. Mm-hmm. The, thing, the thing is, everybody is pissed off at PlayStation. But Microsoft is doing the same thing. All their games work best, or they say will play on both consoles, but work best on Series X. It's the exact same strategy, but no one gives Microsoft any crap. And I do want to say one thing, even though we're not supposed to talk about E3. I think, so, quick thing, real quick. I think the main reason why people are upset about it is because Xbox Series X games will also play on Xbox One. There's a small few that don't, but they are still technically the same game and will, com- will work compatible. As with PS4 and PS5, it just won't work at all. You have to buy the specific game. Right, and I understand that. That that part, per se. But, I will say, if you look at every single trailer that they announced at E3, it said Xbox console exclusive. It never said, none of them said Series X or S exclusive. And it's just like, you guys gotta give Sony some slack, seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Sony's mo. Like they, you know, they've never made games, you know, 
and the console's backwards compatible. Like they've like there's only a, a certain one that was. Like I know PS One, but once they got up to was it the four, you couldn't play any of those older games on it. Yep, right. PS Four is not backwards compatible at all. Well, yeah, and they also quit developing for the PS3. But the PS2, when the PS3 came out, the PS2 still had games coming out for three years huh. while the PS3 was out. And they the original still... PS3 could play PS2 games. Yes, right? correct. Yep. The first gen, yep. Well, I think it's also because the PS3 was so expensive when it came out. So well, they well, were expecting the... people to not be able to get a hold of it for a while. Well, and the PS2 is the number one selling console of all time. So, once again, it'd be foolish of Sony to be like, nah, we're not going to make games for you anymore. We got a new console. Uh-huh. They, they are a business. They're in it to make money. So, people need to calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Now, if Horizon 2 came out and it wasn't what people expected, then I can understand making this argument. But we haven't even seen proof of it holding. And maybe Cyberpunk has people scared. Because in my opinion, Cyberpunk should have only been on next-gen consoles. I feel like that's also, like, they were, they overpromised too much, and also people were just demanding to have the game out. So, people who crap on Cyberpunk, I'm just saying, you kind of brought it upon yourself. Just saying. That's but. true. Developers need to take all the time they want so that we get a good product. I agree. But I have to have the game now. <clears throat> right now. I don't care how God of War is. Give me to me now. I'm going to play it now. And give a shit it, for it later. I want it glitchy and, and needs all these patches just as long as I can play it right now. Exactly. I agree. I mean, I would love to have it right now, but I'm willing to wait. I, I can I, If I can wait for, for the, the new Rocksteady Suicide Squad and the Gotham Knights game... I, I, Hogwarts I can, Legacy... All got canceled. For the Harry oh, Potter shut fans, shut for the Harry Potter fans, Hogwarts you. Legacy. Like, if I can wait for those, I can wait for these. But I here's my thing: when you I when they did the, when they did the gameplay reveal for Horizon, I looked at that and I thought, my God, it's going to look so good on the new console. Mm-hmm. Not once did it cross my mind it was I hope I can play this on the older gen consoles because like. These newer games, I want to play them on the new consoles. And I understand the people that don't have the new consoles, you know, they're like, yeah, but I still want to play the game. It's like, yeah, but it'll make getting a PS5 that much better knowing you can go pick up Horizon with it. And it'll look tremendous. They could Instead also of, do a let me play a watered-down version of it. Yeah, they could do that right. too. Or, or save it for a God of War version, since I feel like that franchise is a little bit bigger. No. Oh, dude, the no. God of War PS4 Pro was so cool. It was pretty cool. I actually, my favorite still yeah. the Spider-Man PS4 Pro. I don't know, like the Monster Hunter one that I saw from Monster Hunter World. That one's pretty dope too. Nah, boys. Yeah. It was that silver Arkham Knight Batman no. PlayStation. No. Beautiful. No. Absolutely I wanted gorgeous. That. I want it. What would be dope? <clears throat> Hear me out. They bring back it, they're going to make the Lord of the Rings MMO. <laughs> Exclusive Lord of the Rings PS5. John, oh can God. you please move us into the speed round? Because I can't deal with this guy. Okay. Hey, if they're going to cancel Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter's next. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, it's time for our favorite part of the show. The Yay. Reliable Nerd and Friends speed round. 
Hey. Uh, one thing we did last week, Jordan, is if there's any topic here that you want to go back around to, we can discuss real quick, but we'll fly through these real fast. Ooh, 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 I got an idea. Maybe you've already did this. What if each one of us gets a pause for the speed round where we can pause on that topic and talk more about it, and then that, that takes away that person's pause? I feel like that defeats the whole purpose of a speed round. I mean, if, you, if we want to if we want to talk about the topics, though, right? Well, then you just go back to the topic. Okay, that's fine. We'll you get that. through the ones that we don't care about, and then go back to the ones we do care about. <laughs> that's fair. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Sure. All right. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order next-gen upgrades out now. Sweet. Don't care. <laughs> You're 100% of that game. <laughs> that's why I don't care. <laughs> Elden Ring finally shown off. Confirmed for early 2022. Die. <laughs> Interesting. Resident Evil 9 already in the works. Has been in development since 2018. Interesting. Yes! Doki Doki Literature Club Plus announced and is coming to all consoles. Creepy. Can't wait. I... <laughs> what? Can't. Among Us announces a new mode, Hide and Seek, four new color crewmates, and a fifth map that is in the works. Jordan's kind of sus. Phase. <sighs> Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, announced by Gearbox, takes place after Assault on Dragon Keep, and you can finally customize your own character. Will Arnett, Wanda Sykes, and Andy Samberg are all starring. Uh, roll initiative. Um... Cool. <laughs> Battlefield 2042 was announced. Includes 128 people in one match and natural disasters that will rip through the map. Sweet. I'm uh no, guys, I said that awesome because oh, I'm so excited for that. Eh. <laughs> okay. Uh, new painkiller game announced by World War Z team. Eh. Oh. I like Painkiller. Anyways. Uh, Metal, Metal Slug Tactics was announced for all systems. Cool. M-S-G. Jurassic World Evolution 2 coming 2021. First question mark? This is the first one. We get calls about it all the time. <laughs> I haven't played it, so that's why I'm asking. <laughs> it's basically it's, The Sims. It's really hard to find. It's really hard to find. Imagine The Sims, but with dinosaurs. Mm. Yeah. Uh, WB disappoints fans before E3 by releasing a statement that says Hogwarts Legacy, Gotham Knights, Suicide Squad will not be appearing at E3 this year. Heartache. Meh. And Prince of Persia Remake has been delayed until 2022. Aww. Sadness. Yeah. Alright, that is the end of the speed round. It wasn't as fast as I thought it'd be, but you know, with Here, these guys. Here's my first question. Have you guys played Doki Doki Literature Club? I have installed it three times. My daughter multiple times has told me apparently it's very disturbing and it, very... It is creepy. And, and but I just can't get through the cutesy anime girls. Just 
I promise you, get through like the, it, maybe like the first like fifteen minutes. It all changes very fast. I'll say yeah, I've, I've literally played the first fifteen minutes of it, and I haven't went any further. Yeah, I got it on Steam for free one one time, and I, like I said, I've installed it multiple times. And every time the chicks like walk me, let's walk to class together or school together, and I'm like, yeah, like the first two minutes. Then I'm like, uh, I'm over it. Plus, it's a lot of reading. Oh wow. Cry me a river. I'm old, sir. And then I have build old a eyes. bridge and get over it. Oh my god. Jiminy Christmas. Well, the Doki Doki Literature Club Plus has new missions, characters, and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't new... want to replay this game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we should we, listen when it comes out, since it is a shorter game anyway, we should all play it. And then have an episode on here where we talk about our experiences with it. I'm down. Uh, okay. It's coming to Switch. Oh, yes. I'll get the Switch version. Um, what, what were your guys' thoughts on Elden Ring? I, I think it looks good. Um, I don't know if it'll be a game that Jordan might not lose a controller to or not. Um, <laughs> So, I'm going to be kind of probably wait until the word gets out on it, on how it actually is and the difficulty of it. But Yeah, same here. I have a buddy of mine who's excited for it, but I, mean, I don't play Dark Souls games because I get angry at them. Same here. I don't play them either because I'm, one, terrible at them, and two, I don't want to break my controller thanks to a video game. I just every time I see the the name of it, though, I just immediately think somebody was sitting there and they're like, you know it would be a good game? Elder Scrolls and Lord of the Rings. And someone's like, my god, man. You're right. Elden Hire this man now. <laughs> and then he gets hired. And they're like, yeah, but what would make it interesting? And they're like, well, what if it was Dark Souls-esque? And they're just like, my god, we'll get so much money and so many broken accessories. This, yeah. I mean, they, they probably are working together on that. Um, um, my biggest thing that I did want to talk about in the speed round, <clears throat> because we're going to have to talk about it eventually, Battlefield 2040. Looks dope. It does look really cool. I actually... Okay. Jordan, you're a Battlefield fan. Listen, I'm going to do this. No, gonna, listen, no. oh, you hold on. I'm going to do this in two parters, okay? Because I want to hear what you guys think first on each different question. Because they did this two different ways. They released a cinematic trailer first, and then they released the gameplay trailer here on the 13th. So, I'm assuming you watched the cinematic trailer the day it came out, both of you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. What was your initial reaction on the cinematic trailer? Just cinematics alone. I thought it was cool. It showed a bunch of things that you, you would see in Battlefield, like the game itself. Um, I was like, oh, so they're, they're, they're actively acknowledging what players do in the game. And uh, are also just like showing that it's also like chaotic fun sometimes too. Uh, I was like, oh, another action-packed cinematic trailer. Cool. <laughs> Show me some gameplay. See, I'm right there with John, just because like I have played the previous two Battlefields, and I loved Battlefield Four. Battlefield One, once everything was finally released for that game, it was really good. It got way better. But from launch, there wasn't enough content in it. It got really stale really quick. But if you haven't played Battlefield, pick it up. It's 99 cents at your nearest GameStop. 
but now it's a really good game. Battlefield Five still to this day I I I can't stand. It made me like step away from the the, the Battlefield franchise because of how poorly done it was. So, when the cinematic trailer came out, I was excited because I was like, okay, we're moving away from these older wars and older guns, and we're moving, we're even taking a step into the future, right? But then I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I get Battlefield's, the biggest complaint about those games isn't that their cinematic trailers aren't good, or that they can't show off really incredible graphics. That's every one of those games, including Battlefield Five. The graphics are amazing. The biggest complaint is the gameplay and the games that just like they only put enough content in it to where to a point you play and have fun and then it becomes lifeless so that's why i was like i i want to see gameplay i don't want to see the cinematic trailer with that being said the gameplay trailer was released i'm assuming you both have seen it i'm actually watching it right now (laughs) okay john you seen it right yeah i saw it so what was your initial reaction when you seen the gameplay trailer um i liked it a lot more um, it had me a little bit more hyped. I liked watching the tornado rip through the city while they're fighting. Um, and just, it felt very chaotic, like seeing all the people on the ground and just how big the firefight was. It looked fun. Chaotic, but fun. And I do like that. And I, that's what I've always liked about the Battlefield games is the fact that, like, you feel like you're in this giant war. Mm-hmm. Take on words, Battlefield. And, like, anywhere you turn, you might run into a tank or somebody finally in a jet, just, you know, lighten up the, the runway where you're at. But my biggest thing about them is, like, how everything in the map is destructible. So if there's a guy camping, sniping your buddies up in the tower, you hop in a tank, you can blow that freaking tower to pieces. Where, mm-hmm. you know, games like Call of Duty and stuff, they don't have that. So that's what really made me become a Battlefield fan from the jump. So when I watched the gameplay trailer... I think it all looks great. I love that you can literally switch attachments and stuff on your yeah. in-game. That's mm-hmm. cool. My biggest complaint, though. Uh, the tornado thing. Why? Is it just to be like, hey, we're Battlefield, and look at this ridiculousness. A tor- you, can, I think it- you can call that in. Oh, really? No. You can use that, that as a weapon on the Battlefield. Well, and I read that, I thought I read they were going to do other natural disasters too, like earthquakes, possibly tsunamis, depending on the map. I think it's a way of changing up the game, just because they don't want, they don't want it to be the same thing as Battlefield like, 4, um, but they also want to have add a new twist to the game. So it adds a new obstacle to the game, like it'll change things how it, how it is, so you can't just sit on top of a building the whole, whole, map, whole map. Right, that's true. Hey, Jordan. What's up? Do you know what game has destructible buildings? Fortnite. Uh, oh my god. Of course it does, because you can build the buildings and then destroy them. Just saying. I don't know, I am excited for Battlefield. It does look fun. I just... I wish they would have started with just showing gameplay of this game, because everybody knew it was coming. This was like one of the worst kept secret. We all knew. They pulled everybody from the Battlefront 2 team to work on the new Battlefield. Like It was all hands yeah. on deck for this one. Yeah, to help them out. I do say the grapple hook looks cool. <clears throat> it does. Are you talking it, about Halo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just Have good. you heard any backlash about the grapple hook for Battlefield? Because I knew like in Halo, that people were like, are you serious? 
No. I haven't heard a thing. I haven't heard any negative stuff about Battlefield. Nothing but hype. Well, for me, that's kind of what I want to talk about the speedrun. And, and guess what, listeners? I know you're surprised, because I'm sure you probably thought I was going to talk about how WB disappointed us by stating that Hogwarts Legacy, Gotham Knights, and Suicide Squad wouldn't be at E3 this year. But guess what? I don't care. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I, I do care. I do care. care. <laughs> I, I do care. <laughs> it's I what I mean. it'll, it'll be revealed eventually. What I have seen of it so far, I'm excited for it. But... The only thing that I want to circle back around to is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I'm going to state this first. I am not a Borderlands fan. I have tried to play all three games multiple times. I get about five hours in and I, I quit playing. But Same. Wonderlands looks so fun. When you mix D&D with a crazy off-the-wall shooter, that sounds fucking awesome. I wanted. To, I only wanted to play Borderlands Two because of the Tiny Tina's DLC, and so that they're making now they're making this into a full game, and it's not just going to be a typical looter shooter. They're going to have spells. You're going to have um, abilities. You're going to have melee weapons. You're going to have. I mean, it's going to be more like D and D. It's going to be so awesome. I'm I'm super stoked. It looks so good. Yeah, my younger brother is going to freak out because one. He loves D&D, and two, he is a giant Borderlands fan. Nice. I'll, pro- I'll probably give it a shot, though, just to see, because I, I'm, I'm with you, John. I've tried playing the Borderlands games a couple of times. I even played them with him, because I know how much he likes them, and I'm just like, man, yeah. these just aren't for me. Yeah, that's the only time I had fun was I bought the first two on Steam, and my buddy Adam's like, oh, let's play through them together. And we played through half of Border- maybe half of Borderlands 1 together, and then I had fun. But then he quit playing. And then that's when I was like, this is no longer fun. I don't like it. Sure. But something else I forgot to put before we move on to movie and TV is I saw that Godfall got announced for PS4. Did it? Yep. It, had, it didn't have the best launch, so I, I, that doesn't surprise me, honestly. Yeah. And they've announced uh, some free DLC for it as well. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I might to try out. Yeah, I might eventually pick that up. Once it goes on a, if it goes on a super good sale, I do eventually want to try it. Because um, I don't always listen to reviews. It looks interesting. I'm willing to give it a shot. So, but um, yeah. Other than that, uh, TV and movies had oh, some interesting things going on this this week. Um, as you know, we talked about Netflix was ha- hosting their Geeked Week this week. Uh, they talked about a few things. Um, that they are, that were in the works for any for nerd projects like comic books, video games, um, anime. One that I know that Jordan's probably really stoked about is he talks about Castlevania all the time. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the, the final season just aired on Netflix. But they had a surprise announcement at Geeked Week where... The creators of that anime said that they are working on a new anime series set in the same world. It'll just focus on new characters. Count me in immediately. I figured. <laughs> they didn't show us anything, but um, it's had a great reception on Netflix. I see other people raving about it. I saw the first season. I really liked it. I just need to buckle down and watch the other three seasons. So good. They're so good. Yeah. Um, Netflix also announced that there are two Far Cry animated series in the works. 
one of which is based on the spin-off game Blood Dragon. Oh, wasn't okay. Now wasn't that one like a retro like eighties? Yes, it was like eighties action movie type. Oh my yeah. god, yes, so much yes. And that game was crazy off the wall. So I can only imagine what the animated series is going to be about. Oh god, that sounds amazing. Yep. I love me some, uh, like, I retro... I played a little bit of it, too, when it came out, and it makes me think of Duke Nukem, honestly. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. Um, also, Netflix uh, revealed a little bit of the Cuphead show. There's been They've been working on the Cuphead show for a while now. We got our first look at it. Uh, it was a uh, clip involving King Dice, but they also showed that Wayne Brady is playing King Dice in the Cuphead show. That's gonna be great. Oh yeah, I, he like I seen the picture of him, and then I seen that they had announced it was Wayne Brady, and I could just hear him talking. I was Watch like, the oh. clip; it it fits so well. His voice fits the character so well. That'll be perfect. Yep, I will. I'll, I'll probably check that one out. Isn't it kind of like a darker like story with Cuphead? Oh yeah, they gamble and they lose, and so they get their souls sold to the, the devil. devil. And so to get, they have to like defeat all these bosses because they're trying to get their souls back. It's like really dark. I like it. I like it a yeah. lot. But uh, also Netflix announced or showed the Masters of the Universe trailer and it was amazing. I don't know if oh, either of you've watched it yet. Yes. But when Kevin I heard... Smith. Dude. One, the song they chose for the trailer was amazing. Yes. Two, when I heard Mark Hamill's voice come out of Skeletor, I was like, God, yes, please, give this to me now. It, it couldn't have been. Oh, my God. I have never been a He-Man fan, but this show looks so dope. Like, oh, yeah. I'm really hyped for and it, it. And it's a continuation of the original He-Man cartoon. Original cartoon, yes. So, obviously, I'm not going to go back and watch the original one. Cause nope. It's, nope. But I know this one. One, Kevin Smith's a giant nerd like us, so I know he's going to be a really faithful to it. The mm -hmm. voice cast that he's got for this is freaking Phenomenal. amazing. He's got Kevin Conroy in this, too, who voiced Batman in the animated series. But this show, oh, I'm so excited for this. Like, I wasn't even that big of a He-Man fan, and I watched this trailer, and I'm like, my god, I am ready for this show to come out now. Yep. Oh, yeah. Dude, in that scene, like, like, yeah, whenever he, like, summons the giant portal, and then his fist, like, giant fist comes out to punch He-Man, I was like, oh, that looks so cool. Jacob, you gotta watch the trailer, dude. It's so good. It's so good. The music alone will get you so pumped. You'll be like, I don't even like He-Man, but this is awesome. Yeah. I'll pull it up real fast. And while he's Mike, though. while he's doing that, and we're still on the topic of Netflix, let's talk about Jupiter's Legacy. Did you ever watch an episode of it? Did you ever see anything? No. Okay, so I, I watched the entire season of it. Mm -hmm. It's nothing, nothing to rave about. But I guess obviously Netflix thought the same because it looks like they canceled it. What's the deets on that? Yeah, so apparently what was going on with that is that they had gave them a budget per episode what they were allowed to spend. And the whole show, they went $70 million over budget. Oh my god, bro. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't even um, know I've what's heard... on. Maybe the suits, because like the, the action in it is pretty god-awful. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So what they're going to do is they're turning it into an anthology se- series. So it's technically getting a season two, but it's about the villains only. So it's not going to pick up where the first season left off. It's just going to be a completely new story that focuses on the villains. So we'll see. I'm okay. I mean, I I'm not big on the the Millar world, the Mark Millar, which is who has made you know Jupiter's Legacy, and like I know he inked a deal a while back with Netflix to like bring his universe in there. But, like, what I watched of Jupiter's Legacy, like, I liked, like, the story that they were trying to tell with the characters, and I liked that Mm -hmm. it's similar to Superman and Lois, just more Netflixed, because, like, of course, like, the one, the daughter's on drugs, and and the son's trying to live up to his dad's legacy, where, like, Superman and Lois, you know, it's kind of just like Superman trying to deal with teenagers. Right. Yeah, it's, by the end of the first season, okay, so like I was saying, the first two episodes... Are, are decent. All the filler in between that, not really that great. And I think it's, I don't know if it's eight or ten episodes, but the last episode, I'm just like, man, that was good. Why couldn't the rest of the season have been like that? Right. But knowing that they went 70 million over, I'm just like, wow, they, either they had high hopes for this or somebody was messing up on the, the, the checkbook. For sure. For sure. Did you finish so it, I just Jacob? watched the trailer, yeah. So my, my only thing I'm going to say, it does look dope. I probably still won't watch it. Um, but here's my thing. I'm okay with the, with the music they chose, but they could have done something way better. They could have just played Take On Me. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, it's Kevin Smith. He, they might play that at the end of one of the episodes or something. I can see if that. They, if they did, I would watch it just for that reason. Just for that reason. <laughs> that would be pretty dope. You know what's kind of funny is the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer that they showed off also played that song. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. But anyways, um, also, rumors suggest that the She-Hulk Disney Plus series may introduce Hulk's son. Uh, okay, so I've seen that. He does. That's, that's, he I, I he does. Look now. up... Look Look up... Uh, Isn't it called the Son of Hulk it, or something like that? No, it's like Scar or something. S-K-K-A-R-R or something like that. Is his name? <clears throat> yeah. I'm not I'm, thought, I'm not a big Hulk buff. I just know a little bit. What's weird about that announcement is that... Or that rumor is Scar was birthed when they did the uh, Planet Hulk storyline. Uh-huh. He goes away, he, you know, when the Avengers send him into space because he's too powerful, he, like, hooks up with an alien chick, and that's how Scar gets born. So how are they going to introduce that, or change that, I guess? Because they're mean, obviously not doing... Technically, Unless, he was on a planet. In that's four. true. He was a champion also, so maybe he, while he was champion, he got busy. Yeah, I could see that. And I feel like this show's going to be very much like a... Uh, Family rom com. Well, almost like yeah, <laughs> not kinda. rom com, but like a like a detective, like buddy cop show almost. Because I know she's like a lawyer, right? Yeah, Jennifer Walters yeah. is a lawyer. Yeah. So I could see them doing like uh, obviously it's Marvel, so it's going to be very comedic. But yeah, if the Hulk sons in this, one smart on their part, just for the fact that they literally will have um, 
that's their way around being able to use a Hulk character on top of She-Hulk. Um, because, right. you know, Paramount having the, the rights to Hulk and not letting them make a standalone. But... Oh, yeah. That'd be, and it that'd just be makes... cool. Yeah, and it just makes sense using these shows to introduce more characters than just the title character. Because why not take advantage? Just like WandaVision, we got Jimmy Woo expanded and they introduced Monica Rambeau. Um, plus, you know, Agatha Harkness might come back. So it just makes sense to use all these episodes to, to build a broader universe and add these characters that normally trying to shove them all in a movie just wouldn't work, right? I mean, they're really they're already really pushing the whole Young Avengers thing and doing, like, you know, the, the kids or the, 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 the protégés of everybody. So I'm just like, yeah, that would make sense to go ahead and have him in there too. Very true. Very true. But moving on, something else I know, Jordan, you're excited for. Uh, CW's Batwoman is introducing Batwing to the show. It is. It is, and I've seen the photo. And did you know, apparently, too, that the, the guy that is playing Batwing, did you know that he actually, apparently, I think, helped write one of the, co- the comic for Batwing? Oh, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Because I had seen he tweeted out something about how it was like a year or so ago that he had was writing for that character, and then now he's getting to play that character in live action. And I was like, wait, I didn't nice. realize that he wrote for him. So He looks That's pretty great. Awesome. I have not watched this show. Um, I didn't even Me give neither. it a chance with Ruby Rose, but I'm, I'm probably going to just to see how they introduce him. Yeah. Um, um, for, those who, the, for those listeners who don't know, who is Batwing? So Batwing is Lucius Fox's son. And Lucius Fox, for people that are kind of basically know a little bit of Batman knowledge, if you've seen the Nolan trilogies, that's who Morgan Freeman played in the, the Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's typically played as kind of like how uh, Morgan Freeman's character played him. He helps Batman out. He also helps run Wayne Tower and everything. Um, he is a big part of the R&D department because Batman doesn't do all of this himself. He doesn't have time because he's you know once the villains really rise up, he has to constantly be doing that. But his son, which I believe it's Luke Fox, um, yeah, it's Luke Fox, he ends up taking on the mantle of Batwing, which is technically the first black bat character and he hasn't really been around very long um but i do love that they're bringing in more members of the bat family in these shows and stuff because that's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing being a big batman fan that i am i'm like man they only do batman they never like like titans is just now introducing you know red hood and they've kind of shown like who nightwing is and how cool he is um, they're also bringing Tim Drake in in this next season of, of Titans. So we're I am getting Superboy, right? We are, so Superboy was in season two. Oh, okay, my bad. But we are getting we're getting more of him, which he was great in season two. Um, I think cool. we're actually getting Barbara as Oracle in that one too. So nice. we're getting a lot of the Bat Family members slowly but surely. I just wish they would do this with the cinematic universe also, because these are really right. good characters. But yeah, I'm definitely excited for Batwing. Uh, something that I'm kind of excited for because I was a huge fan as a kid, but Beast Wars are coming back because oh, they are doing a crossover. So for that. <laughs> yeah, doing a crossover with the Transformers movies that are going on uh, on Netflix called War for Cybertron. So very excited to see Beast Wars return. That's so, so awesome. So that's why the figures have been coming back. 
Okay, mm-hmm. that makes more sense. It even says on the box too, Beast Kingdom, which I'm assuming is going to be the title of this one because they're doing Netflix is doing like a Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. And so the next part of this trilogy is going to be the Beast Wars. And my God, am I excited! I loved Beast Wars as a kid. I know if you watch it now, it is so outdated, but it's still just nostalgic for me. Um, I was really excited when they started bringing the toys back. But good God, I will watch this show day one because me loves some Beast Wars. I don't know if your stepdad collects the Beast Wars, but some I forgot where, but somewhere today I saw the Raptor. I can't think of his name, but the Predacon, the Raptor dude from Beast Wars. You didn't see. You're not talking about Dinobot. Is that his name, Dinobot? Dino, yeah, Dinobot that left the Predacons and joined the Max. Yes, yes, it was Dinobot. <gasps> you seen him somewhere? I think it might have been at Target. So I got him pre-ordered at my store. I love Dinobot. He's he's I'm just trying the, to get my 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 replacements done. Still, I, I need to get the uh, Ultra Magnus and still the uh, uh, T Rex uh, Megatron. Still, I'm still yeah, nice. trying to get them. I know yeah. they've got I know they've got Rhinox up for pre, or was up for pre order. I know Dinobot was with him, um, and I, they've got a bunch more coming out like Scorpinox. I hope they do another Depth Charge, which was like the Stingray Beast War. The the only one I would probably purchase because I always wanted him as a kid is Silverbolt. Really, Silverbolt was my favorite in the show. I, the I, half eagle, half wolf, dude. Oh yeah, dude, my set, yeah. my two. The head that was in love with Black Narachnia or whatever her name was. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I've already picked up the one that I loved so much as a kid, and that was T Rex Megatron. Oh, because nice. he looks so cool. I did have the blue Optimus Prime that had the hoverboard. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, that one was pretty oh, yeah. cool. And they've got the the Gorilla Optimus figure out too. Him and the Megatron came out at the same time. That's cool. Optimus but Primal. Optimus Primal. Nice. So good. I'm so excited. One announcement that really shocked me this week was Paramount Plus announced that Seth MacFarlane's Ted is getting a spinoff show. Like an actual Ted show or like another character? I think it's, from what I read, it was like a Ted show. Like uh, Mark Wahlberg's character won't be in it, but it will focus on Ted. Oh, dude. Dude. What's weird is those movies were super R-rated. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I'm wondering if the show, if they're going to tone it down, or if they're just going to let Seth MacFarlane go wild. I guess it depends on it how. Because have you tried like Paramount Plus or anything? Mm, we did the first week it came out, but we, we how just is did like the, the, the originals and the shows on there? Are they? Um, I mean, it's mostly like SpongeBob, Camp Coral, and they brought back iCarly. I and I call it, and they brought back Rugrats. Hmm. So I don't really know. Can you imagine a kid that. hopping on there wanting to watch like SpongeBob and like, oh mom, look, a teddy bear. Let's watch that. <laughs> parents oh, not even knowing. Nightmare fuel. I mean, I'll probably check it out. I'm just excited. Have you guys watched uh The Orville by Seth MacFarlane? I've seen like two episodes, and I liked it. I don't know why I stopped watching it. Dude. Okay, so like season three was supposed to be coming out on Hulu because like they they dropped it on Fox, and apparently Hulu Hulu picked it up, and it was going to be a Hulu original from here on out. 
And I heard mm-hmm. that they were still filming season three, or maybe it's done now. But dude, the first and second season are really good. I've even seen like Star Trek fans talk about how they like the Orville more than they like Star Trek Discovery. Nice, because it can actually tell a story and be comedic and be like heartwarming. And it's very much like I know when you think you're like, wait, Seth MacFarlane doing a space show, it's probably just Family Guy in space. This one it actually makes me has. Think of... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. It makes me think of Galaxy Quest. Yes, yes, that's a lot of what it is. Um, not, it's it's if yeah, pretty much as if Galaxy Quest was just real, mm-hmm. um, not fake. Yeah, but the the best thing that I love about it is that like you get attached to all the characters and they all really have like a cool, like heartwarming moment and like like you see the characters grow with each you know episode, and mm-hmm. there's oh, there's some funny funny freaking crap in it that only only he could come up with. That's awesome. My favorite bit, my favorite bit, and this will show you that I haven't seen very much, but I love that he's stuck on the ship with his ex-wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, for people I'm sure that have seen the show, like, he, it's his ex-wife because he came home and she was cheating on him. And, like, she was high-ranking, he was high-ranking, so they give him the Orville. And, like, the next person under him She's the next highest ranking person, so they had to give it to her. <laughs> so he's on the ship with her. And, like, at one point, I think it's in season one, the guy that she cheated on him with, they end up saving him, and he comes on the ship to, like, help out. And it's just, oh, it's chaos ensues. But it's, awesome. it's really cool, because there's a lot of moments where you're just like, oh, they do still care about each other, and then, like, something happens, you're like, oh, that's why oh, they... second thought. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny, though. That is funny. Also, we had Anthony Mackie says that he's going to be Captain America for the next six to seven years. See, that sounds about right to me, because if they're writing a new Captain America movie, we probably won't get it for, what, two more years? Right. 2023. So, I'm sure they're probably, I know that, I mean, Feige has plans. We're going to get another Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. So that Definitely. sounds right. I would. I'm glad to know that they are sold on Mackie as Captain America. Me too. If he's Definitely. Agreed. Me too. And then a couple Star Wars topics. Uh, Book of Boba Fett has officially wrapped filming. Woo! And, un- and unfortunately, Mandalorian season three may not come out until late 2022. Boo! <laughs> That's going but. two ways. <laughs> But supposedly, we're going to get lots of Mandalorian cameos in Book of Boba Fett. Okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah, so I'm I'm betting that probably Mando, now that he doesn't have Baby Yoda, will probably show up in an episode or two to help out Boba Fett. Oh, sorry. Oh, are you watching it? Um, Yeah. I should say I haven't started yet, but I am I am still trying to trying to get it done. So okay. didn't he promise you that he, he would watch if it? If I watch Demon Slayer, he would watch Mando season two. He said that. You still have the movie to watch. So don't give me that. <laughs> I still have the movie to watch, and he hasn't even watched the freaking show. Anyways, and then Hugh McGregor says the Mandalorian is the reason he's been reinvested in Star Wars. This tells me one thing: he's crapping yeah. on the new trilogy. <laughs> that's literally you're all right. that tells me you're not wrong did we talk about on the show I don't remember that um, 
Dave Filoni has officially been made like the cr- main creative um, dude at Star Wars now. Yeah, we yes. did. So we did because okay. apparently, like, it they officially came out and said it, but apparently he's been doing it behind the scenes for a while. Yeah, yeah. So that's I, I think he's the perfect one to kind of play that role. He's basically hopefully he'll be like Star Wars' Kevin Feige. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's George Lucas's protege. Um, did you see here recently? George Lucas was on Conan O'Brien because Conan O'Brien's doing like his last like shows season, yeah, and then like he's done. He had George Lucas on there, and George Lucas said that he's working on a Star Wars show right now. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, you're bringing you're bringing Daddy Lucas back to the the Star Wars universe? I wonder what show he's working on. I, I don't know. But it would be I'm, someone like Dave Filoni that would be like, hey, George, just come back and do this. I am totally... I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but I am totally on board for Sebastian Stan to do a young Luke Skywalker show. Yeah. He has the look. Yeah. He said the, he said he would do it, but only if Mark Hamill gave him his blessing. You know Mark would, 100%. Oh, Mark's oh, yeah. even shared pictures, I'm pretty sure, on Twitter of them like compared together. And he's just like, oh, yep. maybe it's my long-lost son. <laughs> yeah. I love Mark Hamill. Wish. Me too. I wish I was Mark Hamill's long-lost son. Yeah, <gasps> true. I'll call him Daddy Mark. Daddy Mark. Daddy Skywalker. <laughs> and, and the last thing to come out of Netflix, we got a Witcher Season 2 teaser trailer. It was really short, but it hinted at Siri being at, uh, what is it, Kermoran? Is that how you say that? Uh, Geralt's home base, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, starting her training. Ooh. So yeah, I actually, so like, I was watching the Geeked Week, and, like, the biggest thing I was excited for was a, another shot at, like, Witcher Season 2. And that's the one thing I missed. I've seen literally everything else, but I didn't see that little teaser. Yeah, I missed it too. But Jacob, have you seen The Witcher on Netflix? No? Oh my god, bro. <sighs> what is it's, wrong with you? It's just not something that I'm really interested in, which is weird because I love fantasy stuff. I just, I don't know, I just, I'm not too interested in it. What's even weirder is you love Lord of the Rings, and you love the sword fantasy and the like fighting. I just told you, I love fantasy mythical. stuff, and I don't know why. I don't know why you haven't seen this then. I think I would rather enjoy playing the games than I would watching the show. To me, this is better Lord of the Rings. Well, for one, that's not possible. (laughs) I agree. With with who? That it's not possible? Oh. oh. With Jordan. Hey, let's go, baby. Well, I'm sorry you're both just wrong. It's okay. I, I I liked The Witcher Season 1. More than I liked the entire run of Game of Thrones. Okay, I, if you were going to say Lord of the Rings there, I'd be like, John, you're wrong, and you know you're wrong. You're just saying it to get under my skin. It's like, John, are you feeling no. okay? Are you... <laughs> you have a... Oh, wait. I didn't know that we were comparing it, this to Game of Thrones. That's the case. Yes, I agree with John. I don't know about the entire run, but it's definitely better than the last season of Game of Thrones, which is what literally all the hype was built up to. I also haven't seen Game of Thrones. Oh, for the love of God. He hasn't even seen Game of Thrones, John. If it's not an anime. What? 
if it's not an anime what? or Lord of the Rings, which is it, these shows are both like Lord of the Rings. How can you not watch Game of Thrones? Well, after I've heard of the disappointment of the final season, now I now I don't want to watch it. I saw a funny TikTok um, where this it's like twenty forty four, and the and this guy's watching Game of Thrones with his son, and they watch the season seven finale, and the son's like, "Oh, dad, that was so epic! I can't wait to watch more." And the dad's like, "Unfortunately, son, the show was canceled." <laughs> <laughs> That's the last episode That's we ever it. got. They never did anything else, ever. <laughs> Dude, then the son grows up and finds out it's a lie. Oh. Then he's like, I wish I would have just believed you and never watched. It just reminds me of the, of the TikTok I've seen also with, with Invincible. It's just like, hey, son, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching Star Wars, Dad. Oh, sweet. Proud of you. And he goes, actually, I'm going to turn this movie off. It's trash. And just turns around and shows Invincible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I'm kind of scared to watch the spin-off, the prequel series, because the way they let us down with season eight, it's like, do I want to reinvest myself in another Game of Thrones show just to be disappointed? Well, it's being done by different people, though, isn't it? I will say, uh, yes, it is. And I didn't hate the final season, but it wasn't what I hoped for. Okay, I didn't, ha- I didn't hate the final season either. The last two episodes really upset me in particularly the last episode there was parts yeah. of it that i really liked but yeah i understand some of the choices they made too but my biggest annoyance is, is what happened to Jon snow yeah but oh yeah anyways we won't spoil it in case jacob ever decides to watch I, it i won't watch that i promise you that I'm, well i'm gonna tell you i won't watch it that's because you're dumb but anyways your opinion doesn't <laughs> matter sir Orc Anyways, um, John, how many did... times did I tell you to watch Demon Slayer? And you're just like, nah, man, I don't want to watch it. And then you had to wait to, for someone else that you met on TikTok to tell you to watch Demon Slayer. And then you decided to watch it. Yeah, man, he's got a point, man. You Dude. have no right to say anything. <laughs> but I don't watch just anime. Yeah, we watch everything, And Jacob. that's your problem. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> All right, well, let's talk about some movies, shall we? Yeah, for sure. This one's not technically nerd-related, but I thought it was really interesting. A Quiet Place 2 is the first movie since the pandemic started to cross $100 million in the box office. Tea for time before we get into this. Jacob, have you seen A Quiet Place? I don't watch horror movies. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why is he on the show? Can we kick him <laughs> off? <laughs> oh, it's so good, Jacob. I've seen something... stuff about it, though. Like, I've seen stuff because what happens with it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I understand the premise of the movie, and I understand the monster, and I understand stuff like that, too. So, like, I, I, I know what's gonna, what happens. It was John Krasinski's masterpiece. He wrote and directed them and starred in that movie. And his, and his coming out party. Because, I mean, he, he he's like, hey, I'm going to direct this. Oh, and I wrote this. Oh, and I'm going to be in it with my wife. And everyone's yeah. like, okay. And then it comes out, and everyone's like, my God, give us more. And he gave us more. He directed and wrote the number two. Jacob, the closest thing I could describe this to is if they ever did a live-action Last of Us, this is what it should be. Like, that's basically, like, this story, it gives me so much Last of Us vibes. But, like, the you know how you love the good storytelling in The Last of Us? You love that you actually, like, are interested in the characters. And then, like, the monsters, like, they intrigue you, but they also creep you out. 
That's mm-hmm. exactly what a quiet place is. Well, okay. it's the it's the subtle thought to detail that John Krasinski put into the movie too. So there's a scene at the beginning of the movie when they're raiding a grocery store, and so the creatures are attracted to sound. So yep. they ha- they and walk the chip barefoot. Aisle is completely filled. Yes, the, everything has been picked over, but the chip aisle, and it's like. It's like it's just really amazing that John Krasinski thought that thought that far ahead and was like, you know what, they're not going to eat chips because it attracts noise, and it's just it's just those little subtle details mm-hmm. that is so good, and like they they do like a path full of sand, and they stay on the path of sand so they don't step on sticks or anything they also that's going to make barefoot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a good movie. So like so, I've seen stuff about the movie. I just I didn't didn't watch it. That's what blows my mind is that you know all of this stuff and that doesn't intrigue you enough to watch the movie. I'm if there's one thing I am more than a nerd, it's a horror movie fan, and that movie was so good. And I am not that at all. Okay, but here's the thing: this one isn't even really that big of a horror movie. It's more suspense than horror. And I hate that. <laughs> he doesn't like being titillated. I don't like whenever there's like, oh, the monster's coming, and then fucking 30 minutes later. There's a really good scene, too, with Emily Blunt in the bathtub. That is one of the most suspenseful scenes I've ever seen in my life. When she has to give birth? Yeah, I know. You basically have seen the movie. I told you. But you haven't just seen the movie. Right. It's ridiculous. Anyways, um... But Quiet Place 2, though. I want to see it so bad. And I'm very happy for them. I love that they've made that much money. And I'm excited for John Krasinski. I know he said he has other ideas to do more set in this world. So hopefully he gets to explore that. My two things... Well, three things. One, I need to go watch this. And two, my biggest thing is, is... I'm so glad that this is one of those sequels that didn't come out and everyone's just like, oh my god, this is this is one of those sequels that nobody cares about. Exactly. I, I agree. I'm glad to know that this has came out. People are going and watching it like it, you know, post-pandemic, yeah. even though we're technically still in it. But, like, the fact that people are going to watch this and it's making so much money because it is a really good franchise that they could they right. are building on. And John Krasinski deserves all the praise for this. But I do love oh, heck yeah. that he specifically casted um, Cillian Murphy in this, who plays Thomas Shelby in Peaky Blinders, because he mm-hmm. binged watched Peaky Blinders one weekend and was like, I need that guy in this movie. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Um, some DC stuff that'll make Jordan happy. Aquaman sequel got its official title. Which is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah, boy. And DC's Blue Beetle movie will be an HBO Max exclusive. Even cooler, I guess. I wasn't big on Blue Beetle, but I'll watch it because I think the Blue Beetle's a cool character. Yeah. I'll watch it too. I think HBO Max is going to open a lot of doors for DC movies. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they utilize it properly. And start to formulate a game plan. We'll see. I saw a TikTok where this chick's like, I'm so jealous of Marvel fans. They have the next six years of their life planned out for them. DC fans are over here like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's literally me. Which, I mean, I love both. 
But as a, uh, I've been a bigger DC fan growing up because of Batman in particular. I'm just yeah. like, this is stupid. Yeah. Where is everything going? Yep. But it is cool. I'm glad that James Wan is coming back to direct this for Aquaman. Um, yeah, I agree. I also heard that Jason Momoa actually helped write the screenplay for this too. So oh, that's cool. So it's cool that they're letting Jason like have a little bit of say in this one. You know, because the first one made ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. Oh yeah. This one's also not nerd related, but we'll get it out of the way real quick. Then then Diesel says that the Fast and the Furious franchise will end after two more movies. That means there'll be 11, technically 12, if you count the Rock spinoff, Fast and the Furious movies existing. And you know what's funny is i actually seen today that The Rock said he wants John Cena's character from this newest one to show up in a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. I also saw that Universal apparently wants to do a Fast and the Furious and Jurassic Park crossover. God, yes. So much yes. Jacob, yeah, I, I don't know. I know would... Listen, I know you're giving me that look, but the only thing that will stop the dinosaurs is family. No, uh... I, 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 saw, I saw somebody on Twitter was like, I have the perfect tagline. Life always finds a way a quarter mile at a time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just listen. Listen. Okay. Tell me, though. This movie gets announced. Say it was, it's already been filmed and it, it drops next week. You're not going to go watch that? Just to see Vin Diesel's punch a, a Velociraptor? Here's the thing. People shit on the Fast and Furious movies. When I go to a movie, I always want to be entertained. And those movies do entertain me. They're not amazing, but I do enjoy my time watching them. It's not a movie I would watch 20 times in my lifetime. But it's not a movie I regretted watching because I had fun. Literally, you can go into those movies, get you a giant thing of popcorn, pay way too much for a thing of popcorn and a drink, turn your brain completely off, yep, yep. and sit there and go, huh, huh. I mean, it's literally just, it's mindless fun, and that's what makes this franchise just a ride. <clears throat> no pun intended. Also, I know I'm going to butcher this, but is, how do you say that director's name, Jordan? Do you know? Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi hopes that he gets to do a Star Wars movie after Thor 4. See, I think he's going to, because, I mean, he directed some of the episodes of Mandalorian. Oh, did he? He did. And he's he's the, the voice robot. He's the voice for uh, IG-11. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so I I thought this was I thought this was guaranteed because I remember sharing something like a year ago that him and a writer were working together on a new Star Wars film like script. Hmm. So it kind of worries me if he's saying that he hopes that's what his next project will be because I'm just like, does right. that mean they don't know what they're going to do now with the Star Wars movies? Or, but yeah, he's he's I know he's. For sure he's the voice, but I'm almost positive he's directed episodes in the first and second season. Jacob, I'll let you talk about your thing first. Is there something that got announced that you're excited about that I've been putting off? <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing at all got announced. Couldn't totally be a Lord of the Rings animated movie. <laughs> oh. I will say, the War Warner of the Brothers... Rahiram. The Warner Brothers animated movies are always really good. So, I'm actually pretty stoked. I think they're going to do an excellent job. 
I I am both excited for it and worried that it's animated. Granted, because like the hot old Hobbit movie back in the day was animated and it wasn't bad, right. but right. I just mm, I don't know. It it is. It, it seems like it can go either way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we I know it's a prequel, right? It's well, set before. It's, it's talking about Helm's Deep and the in Kingdom of, of, of Rohan. So I mean, it, it could be. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure, honestly. I mean, gotcha. if, if they're talking, giving us more information of why Helm's Deep is what what it was, because in the movie they talk about how it's it's been a fortress that's always been there for years. So, gotcha. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just glad that Lord of the Rings is finally slowly getting some more content. I mean, you got the animated movie. I know Build a Bear announced a crossover. They're going to do some Lord of the Rings bears, and then they they have. The Gollum video game is in the works, and we have the Netflix series, I mean the Amazon, sorry, the Amazon series. So, I mean, Lord of the Rings is slowly, you know, coming out of the woodwork. Did you just say a Gollum video game? Yeah. Yeah, that was announced, like, it's PS5 and Series X. Burn it It was announced, like, ages ago. Immediately. Throw it out the window. That's like playing as Dobby from Harry Potter. Nobody was going to trash the Gotham games into. Okay, yeah. No, um, Gotham games Dobby, Dobby was like super powerful, sir. So you need to shut the hell up. Yeah, until he had a, a piece of clothing that he couldn't reach. Then he was a servant what? boy. He had to have a piece of clothing to be a free elf. I know it's a little bit about in the Harry books. Potter. Because in the books, they are giving pillowcases to wear as clothes as a sign of slavery. So when they are presented with real clothing, they are set free, sir. Exactly. Harry Potter endorses slavery. Throw it away. On your your logic, then, you're saying that Vegeta needs needs his his tail to be able to beat Goku, then. What? What? (laughs) Where did that come from? I don't know. Gollum Back to is creepy. Weirds me out. Why, would I, why would I want to play as him? That's weird. Two. Because Smeagol was uh, not so bad. Smeagol wasn't bad. Smeagol liked the Hobbit, says. Yeah, 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 he did. <laughs> he um, creepily too much. And sir, without Dobby, Harry would not have defeated Voldemort, so... Listen... Go die in the lake. Go cool for Dobby. If I had to pick out of the two, I would rather have Dobby because he would creep me out less. But they're both still weird and creepy, and I don't like them. And why would I want to play a game as them? Anyways, (laughs) Jordan's opinion doesn't matter, so we're moving on. Don't. So this last bit, I wanted. I was curious to see your thoughts on it, Jordan. I don't know if you know anything about it or if you are excited for it. Don't care. I know Jacob doesn't care because he doesn't like horror, but I'm excited for it because I was a huge R.L. Stein fan growing up, and they are doing uh, Netflix is doing a Fear Street trilogy, and I think the movie premise is really cool because Netflix is releasing them all three movies a week apart, and all three movies connect, but they're separated by decades. So one is like set in the 1990s, one set in the 1970s, one set in 1660. And but all three movies connect and it's rated R. 
So even though it's an R.L. Stein project, unlike Goosebumps, it's going to be rated R. And it looks really cool. I'm super excited for it. Okay, so I heard about that they were doing this. So they're doing one a week, right? Yeah. I heard about In July. They, I heard that they were doing this like Fear Street once a week, a new horror film or whatever. Um, yeah, I that sounds awesome. And the fact that Arl Stein's behind it makes me even more excited. Yeah, Fear Street was the book series he did after Goosebumps kind of ended. And I think they were more like Goosebumps were kind of like young teens and, and older kids. But Fear Street was more for older teenagers. It's, they were creepier than the Goosebumps books. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. I just remember I, reading I, I, Scary Stories of Telling the Night. Oh, Telling man, that book. Yeah. Those books didn't were they do, terrifying. Did they do a movie for that, too? They did. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm down. I I didn't watch like the new like Jack Black kids Goosebumps movie, <clears throat> but I remember the TV show growing up, and God, it creeped me out so much. I actually enjoyed the first movie. The second movie I didn't care for, but the first movie with Jack Black was actually pretty good. That's it was a cool premise. I'm excited. The way they did it. And you know what, John? We can watch these, and on our each episode once a week, we can talk about them. And I'm sure Jacob would love to watch them with us and talk about it, too. Right, Jacob? He'll be too busy peeing his pants because he's scared. Oh, sorry. I, I, what? Didn't, didn't quite hear you guys. It just, just, just cut out for a second. Just for all you listeners, we are heading into spoiler territory as we discuss Loki Episode 1. Jacob, did you watch Loki I told you I watched it. We talked about it at work. I'm asking you for the listeners, not for my knowledge. God, Jacob, learn to separate the two. Get in. <laughs> I was trying to build suspense, and you ruined it. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, God, did Jacob watch it? He so, didn't watch WandaVision. That's <laughs> a real question. Did Jacob watch it, or...? He, said, he says he did. Did you, Jacob? Never. I think it's a dumb, dumb stupid thing. Ah, I knew you weren't a big Loki fan anyways. Yeah. Yeah, we all know you hate Loki. like how Batman's a stupid character. That is just too harsh. Sir, we are at the Loki discussion. (laughs) Batman hatred. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, what John said, yeah. Batman discussions can be held for another time. There will not be any Batman discussions held for another time because Batman's not a dumb character. Um, what did you think of the episode, Jacob? I thought it was good. Uh, I think it's kind of how it was with Falcon Winter Soldier, how it started off pretty slow. Um, uh, just saying, like, as in... It's doing world building, which obviously is the first episode, so we're going we're gonna to find a lot of stuff for it, right? I just don't want to do the same thing that Falcon Winter Soldier did and take four episodes to set up what he's going to do in this world, and then the last four episodes are him doing the things he's getting, he was doing, or setting up for. I disagree, sir. I think there's a lot more to this episode than meets the eye. I... Was that well, a Transformers You're not going to be happy with anything I say now, are you? No, that's... I mean, I understand your concerns. They did I do, do some think it was good overall. I do think it's cool. Like, the part to me that like I thought was interesting was when he watches himself die he's just like oh he's gonna go insane he's gonna go batshit crazy now and then of course it, it, it like he, he just takes it and goes with it i'm like oh well all right sure, sweet yeah that's loki i uh yeah i liked 
I did. I was hoping because whenever they kept showing the repeat scenes of Loki losing to the Avengers, I'm like, please let him see his sacrifice to Thanos. Like, just let him witness what he turns into. Mm-hmm. When they kept showing scenes from Avengers One, I'm just like, ah, oh, come on. Well, that's the thing. And I don't it, think he turns into it. I think he did it the whole time. He has he's done it, he's had it the whole time. He's just doing what he thinks is best. Right. Yeah, um, this episode definitely had some secrets hidden if you didn't know where to look. Jordan, I don't know if you've seen the videos circulating online. Um, I liked, before I get to it though, because it ties into what the other statement I want to make, um, the TVA, they tell Loki that when he's like, well, the Avengers time-traveled first, I just took advantage of it. And they said the Avengers time-traveling was meant to happen. So the question to that is, does that mean Steve was always meant to go back and be with Peggy or not? Because even when they try to take the Infinity Stones, um, the Ancient One explains the whole branches. When you take an Infinity Stone from its time stream a branch forms, and the only way to stop a branch is to put them back. Like, they already kind of touched on it in Infinity War. What I find interesting is him saying that, if you look in the background, if you guys don't believe me, look it up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. If you watch the scene where he's waiting in line, when he gets his number, they bring another person in, and if you look closely, it looks exactly like Peggy Carter. Exactly. Slow down the video and you look, and it looks like they're bringing in Peggy Peggy Carter. So it almost makes me wonder if maybe Steve was not. Maybe he was supposed to put the the stones back in to their original places, but he was not supposed to stay. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the first thing when the episode like started like diving into this whole multiverse and like you you know you mess it up so we have to pull you from your timeline and you Mm -hmm. know set things right that was the first thing that popped in my head was like wait what about captain america though then staying like yeah i do think by the end of the show it'll probably address that just for i'm sure if there's i mean if they're gonna go probably normal i feel like they're going to address it and be like yeah what the avengers did they were supposed to do kind of like what he said which means including cap going back and being with peggy that's fine it didn't alter anything because technically for I mean what you can tell it unless they further explore that it sounds like cap stayed low on the radar all the way up to the point to where you know they he gives the shield to sam because he's right. older whenever he gives the shield to sam anyway so it sounds like he got to live a nice good life and he wasn't captain america yada yada now, if they don't do that, though, and they explore the route that Peggy and Steve messed it up, I feel like that will be right at the end of the show, because technically, where this show starts, is they're still doing the, the time heist in Endgame, because this is him with the Tesseract, and then they have that great moment at the beginning of the episode where he's laying there just like Tony is in Iron Man 1 in the sand dunes mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Rebel, which I thought was awesome. I was like, oh, that's like Iron Man. Um, so this episode is going, I feel like, concurrent with the events of Endgame. I didn't think about that. So I feel like we might get our answer by the end of it if they do decide to go in more to that. But I did see Peggy and I was like, oh, what does that mean? 
Yeah. It, it's curious, though, that they would punish her and not punish Cap. Unless Steve does randomly show up. I don't know. It could also just be another timeline, too. That's true. It could be Peggy from another timeline. Well, and that's another interesting thing, is we know that in the animated show What If, Peggy becomes Captain Britain. Instead of Steve becoming Captain America, she gets the Super Soldier Serum and becomes Captain Britain. And we know that it's going to be somewhat canon, because it, it does take place in the MCU, but it is a what-if scenario. Uh-huh. So what if, to try to tie those together, maybe that's the version of Peggy we see. Maybe she did something. Maybe she did something similar, where she did the whole time travel thing and stayed back in time with Steve. So maybe she's the one that gets arrested. Who knows? I mean... It could be a fun way to tie it to the animated show to kind of make it, make Marvel fans realize that it is going to be canonical. Mm-hmm. Or, and hear me out, even though they've already came out and said no, maybe it's Mephisto. So, okay, <laughs> that's something else we're going to talk about. Oh, God. In, what did I do? In the chur- no, in the church scene, the, the, when they asked the little boy what happened, he pointed at the stained glass of the devil. Mm. And fans online are automatically saying that it's either Nightmare or it's Mephisto confirmed in the show. The thing that people seem to forget, though, and, and even though I really want Mephisto confirmed so bad, but Loki wears horns. Yup, that's immediately what I thought. I uh, think that, too, but they also like just talked and said at the, at the, at the end of the first episode, just you're fighting yourself. So there's been I I think that yes we're gonna see a, a variant of the variant of Loki but I think we're gonna get Lady Loki as the villain. See, so I think we're gonna get a couple variants because I remember back when the show was being casted, there was an older male actor that they casted and they said that it was rumored that he was playing a alternate older Loki. That was way more mischief. And then now I'm hearing the Lady Loki rumors, and I'm like, maybe we'll get both, and Loki's going to be like, wait, I could possibly out-mischief one of you, but two of you, my god, this might be yeah. more than what I could do. I don't, I don't remember if it was you or Jacob or who I was talking to, but someone also suggested that maybe um, we, we might see a variant of Loki's mom because of how much it focused on his mom's death. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting, too, is maybe see an evil version of his mother. Yeah. I would definitely say my favorite part in the episode was when he was able to watch what happened to the, the regular timeline Loki. Cause like I, his consequences. Yeah, Tom mm-hmm. Hiddleston really played that scene where you could see him going through all the emotions. Like, it even yeah. showed like the scenes in Ragnarok with him and Thor... Like whenever you know he's throwing the rocks at him because he's not there, and then when it got to the scene in Infinity War where he dies, I was just like, I, my heart was breaking too. I'm just like, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is really good. Well, when he he got to see Thor like mourn his death, and and he got to see, like you know his, that his family cares. He has family actually cares for him, and not what he think thinks so. Yeah, like the scene where his the Odin kind of fades away and he tells his sons that he loves them. Like, that was a really cool moment for that Loki to see it play out. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'm curious about is, as we know, um, a, another big MCU villain is showing up in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is played by Jonathan Majors, which is Kang the Conqueror. 
for those of you who don't know, Kang the Conqueror likes to dabble in time travel. He does. He is also, he is also obsessed with Ravana Renslayer, who just so happens to be the judge in the show Loki. Mm-hmm. And isn't he so isn't he a descendant of Captain America? I don't know remember on that, but Jonathan Majors is contracted for more than one movie. So could he make an appearance and they finally set up King the Conqueror, maybe even just as a small tease? I think, well, I know that, uh, I know, I believe it was Straw Hat Goofy on TikTok or somebody, or maybe Soups, but they talked about how the, the, the I can't remember the name, but the people that run the timeline try to make it concurrent. Mm-hmm. He's also a part of that. Kang is, um, and he's a time traveler too. So I know, probably for a fact that the events in this show will lead to something involving Kang and the Ant yeah. movie. Because this is like yeah. this is all the people that he interacts with. It seems like are in the show now. So yeah, people also think that uh, maybe. Um, someone at the TVA is actually a Loki in disguise as well. And that's how he's like picking them off so successfully. The Minutemen. I really liked the scene though when Loki puts the collar on the guard. He starts like messing with her and sending her back and then fast forwarding back and then sending her back. I thought that was pretty funny. And when he's on trial, he tries to do the powers. He's like, hold on a second. I just remember uh, I saw a TikTok. It was just, it was every moment that Loki's confused in the show. <laughs> I just, I'm just, what is this? Who are you? Why is that thing? What if I am a robot? <laughs> the robot scene was probably my one of my favorite scenes in the show. Whenever the guys, do you, un, do you unwilling, or do you know that you possess what they call a soul? And he's like, wait. What if I am a robot? What will happen to me if I am a robot? Oh, it'll melt you from the inside. <laughs> and then he's afraid to go through it. Mm-hmm. He's like, does that does that happen often? People not knowing the robots. That, that was great. But my God, can we talk about the fact that since it's outside of their universe, these people using the Infinity Stones as paperweights? Yeah. Yes. That was insane. When he just opens yeah. the drawer and all of them are in there, he's like, you have Infinity Stones in there. <laughs> I'm just like, my God, if they only would have known, take Thanos to that place, he wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. Well, it also makes you wonder why, if the TVA has that kind of power, like, you would think, why wouldn't they step in sooner? You're you're right. They could have literally taken Thanos to that world, and he would have been pointless. But it was was supposed to happen. Yeah, I guess it was that's building true. on the the legend and the legacy of the Avengers. True. By the way, Owen Wilson, fantastic! I'm gl- so glad he's. In I, I'm just waiting for him to just go. Wow. <laughs> I figured he would have done it when he was talking to to Loki, and you know, Loki's like, "Yeah, you're done," and you know, he's just like, "Wow, wow, you really think so, Loki? Wow." I'm just waiting for him to do something great, and him just be like, "Wow." I, did. I actually re- go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, you. I did love the scene whenever he basically was just like, "You're the reason your mom's dead," and Loki's just like, "Oh, what? Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, your fault. It's all you." 
Yeah, you you were trying to t- tell her where Thor was, and then look what you do. You even you, yeah. you tell him to go up, thinking Thor was up there, but actually it was your mom. I've seen so many TikToks made of that now, where it's like Loki talking about you know how he's not going to listen to everything, and it's like cuts to that scene where it's that chick saying, "That's why your mama dead." <laughs> it's just Owen Wilson. I'm just like, oh, that's so good. That is so good. It's funny. Yeah. I was also happy whenever he got the one up on the on the guard. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> with the, with the little like remote thing. Just yeah, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. I I really like uh, Mobius and um, Loki's chemistry on screen. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. I, I can't wait to see more. Um, I will say to circle back around to the scene in the church. It was interesting when Mobius mutters the phrase a devil bearing gifts. So I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to get my hopes up cuz you know WandaVision disappointed us with that, but it's just it's funny that we're mentioning the multiverse once again. They I mean they hit it hit it hard in this episode that the I, multiverse. I don't think the enemy is anything but Loki. I think it is Loki. I just think not necessarily that it's going to be someone more than Loki, just I want I hope that they're teasing, because it's the second show. Because first, in WandaVision, you had the devils in the details. Now you have a devil bearing gifts. I just feel like I want them to subtly be hinting at something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because Marvel's always planning steps ahead. So those lines are just too perfect not to be hinting at something greater. Yeah, and Marvel, always, they do kind of, you know, like we were talking in our like part two episode, they are the masters of trolliness now at this point. With the yeah. Mephisto thing with WandaVision, it really took off. Now Marvel's just like, oh, we've got them in the palm of our hands now. Yeah. But they do. They do well, slide in the subtle ones. That way you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, okay. I should have caught that. Yeah. So. Well, and also, you know, um, Mobius makes the joke to Loki about uh, that Nightmare is a separate department. Yeah. So I don't know. I just their their choice of wording is interesting, and and for all we know, they could even they could even twist it to where maybe a Mephisto or Nightmare is a variant of Loki, because they are god level creatures. So, I mean, that's one way they could swing it. Also, so fun fact, cool little behind the scenes thing, and you might know this, John, and maybe you don't, or maybe you too, Jacob. But did you know that when they casted Owen Wilson for this show? and some of the other actors, they didn't really know Loki's backstory or anything at all. So, Tom Hiddleston pulled out a whiteboard while they were like reading through script and stuff, and drew them a timeline of all of where Loki's, what he's done throughout the MCU. And Tom Hiddleston himself said it actually helped him remember also what all had happened with Loki to where he could really get more into the character. But he That's actually cool. caught the rest of the cast up with Loki's story, that way they could, you know, properly yeah. act alongside him. I thought that was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, that's neat. That's cool. It shows that's that Tom Hiddleston cool. loves this character. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I love, oh, and the fact that D.B. Cooper, apparently in the MCU, was actually Loki the whole time. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a, uh, a bet he lost with Thor. So that is awesome. I love that. That was I ridiculous. That they really play into the the god of mischief with Loki. Yeah, 
So my, my wife and daughter did not understand that joke, but I laughed out loud after it happened, yeah. and they're like, they're like, who's? I don't get it, and I'm like, D.B. Cooper, you all knew that that's like a famous heist that happened. It's like just and Google they it. never found him. Yeah, I'm like, just Google it mm-hmm. or watch Prison Break, one of the two. Yeah, that's true. Uh, another thing too with that is I I really um. I like that this show, I feel like the tone already has been set for how this show's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's very, it's playful, it's mischievous, like it's exactly what you would expect with a Loki show. But like, where WandaVision, those first two episodes, you're like, wait, how is this, like, what are we trying to do here? And even like, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you got this vibe of like, oh, we're, this is grounded, this is going to be real. Like this one, you can, I mean, from the jump. You're like, okay, this is this one's gonna be fun. Like this one's all about having fun. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I can't wait to finish this or to keep watching. Um, we're two more days from episode two, and I'm so stoked. It's gonna be a nice little bow. We're gonna A three is gonna finish tomorrow, and then Wednesday we get Loki episode two, and it's just gonna be a nice yes, continuation um... of this long nerdy week. I just gotta say, nice. somewhere in the multiverse, DC actually is as big as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Tom Hiddleston's playing the Joker in that universe because he would be—he's got the smile, he's got—I could see the that. laugh. Oh my god, man, he—he's such a missed opportunity for a Joker, a good Joker too. I feel like I brought this up before. Before we wrap things up, real quick, Jordan, have I ever told you if I could? fan cast carnage who i would pick hmm. um the dude that plays shaggy in the scooby-doo live action movies and he was in, <laughs> matthew and Lillard? he was in scream and he was in scream one okay mm-hmm. i was i wasn't yeah. expecting that one mm-hmm. that's okay i can never remember his name but yeah he to me not that i don't love woody harrelson but he's a little old in my opinion and and matthew lillard just has that he can go from like calm and cool to like batshit oh, crazy no, dude, in a second i'm immediately thinking of how he played in scream and i I'm, i can see it right now yeah that's that is a great fan cast like yeah what i was not expecting because see mine mine was always ben foster because he can he can do that same thing but man matthew lillard he oh dude he would eat that scene up that yeah would be so good. oh yeah that's yeah. a good one I thought about that the other day, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever told Jordan that because I know when we talked about it before, we talked about fan castings, and I could, and there was, I was like, I know there's an actor I've always thought, but I could not remember, and then it popped in my head there it is, like, oh my god, oh yeah, I could, oh, dude, his Cleus Cassidy would be great, oh yeah, for sure, but any hopes, any before we wrap up, any hopes or for the the show moving forward. I know Jacob thought the episode was a little slow, but... That does not mean it's bad. <laughs> it just took a while to uh, pick up the pace. I, I, agree, I mean, I agree with Jacob. I do think the episode started out kind of slow. Um, but I did start it really, really late <clears> at night, and then I paused it halfway through, went to bed, yeah. woke up and finished it. But I, there I, again, and I was like, man, this really isn't like... It's not really immediately throwing you in, but it's it's building towards it. It definitely had a better start than WandaVision, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like I had a better start than Falcon Winter Soldier did, too. Yeah. My only hope, my biggest hope for it, I'm not going to go crazy like I did in WandaVision. 
I do want them because they've mentioned the multiverse war and they've mentioned the multiverse in general. I would love to start to see some small glimpses of it to kind of prepare us because after we're getting closer to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange too. So I'd really like them to start building that multiverse before then just to kind of get fans hyped and kind of show them what to expect. I agree. But other than that, that's that's my biggest thing. Um, probably my like wishes, at least for this show, is I hope they pull some more Thor characters into the show, like a Lady Sif cameo or a Warriors Three Enchantress. Enchantress, uh, finally, it, yes, please. an Enchantress. I I would kill for an Enchantress. Um, even though it'd be sad because she's obsessed with Thor. Please give us Enchantress. Um. But yeah, that, I think that would be interesting. Also, I, I hope that this show puts a nice little bow on the character of Loki and then Tom Hiddleston's able to, you know, step away from it. Because um, I feel like we've been over, like, at this point, I feel like depending on how the show ends, I mean, they can, they can definitely change my mind with how they're going to end the show. I feel like we need to move on from Loki at some point. Unfortunately, though, I've already heard rumblings that Loki is the only show so far that's possibly getting a season two. Well, that's, okay, so I'd be fine with that. I just, MCU-wise, I want them to move to different villains. The problem is, the MCU is great, but they haven't had that compelling villain that matches Loki yet. If they finally cast that perfect casting and have that character that pops up as good as Loki, because they've had some cool villains, but they haven't had anyone that really, you know, captivates the audience the way Tom Hiddleston does. I'm telling you, Loki. I will, I will personally deliver a crown to Kevin Feige's doorstep and place it upon his head if he does him right. And he makes him the best MCU villain, but when he finally brings Doctor Doom into the MCU. Because that will li that literally, George Lucas based Darth Vader off of the character of Dark, Dark, Doctor Doom. He's been one of my favorite MCU villains. He's got such a cool backstory. And when he gets introduced and what he does, mind blown. And I know Feige's a genius anyway, so I cannot wait for when he brings him in. Right. Yeah, um, I, him and I want to see their version of Norman Osborn because I do want to see a Dark Avengers show up. Yeah, but those are the two that I'm really hoping for um, soon. What about you, Jakey really Boy, before we get out of here? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, yeah, it would be nice to see extra, more Thor characters. I, did, I think that'd be really cool. Um, I will say this. I would also be interested if they also like went back during different parts to all the Marvel movies, like just in the background, like as an example, just like say it's Iron Man two or Iron Man one, whenever the tank dodges him and then he blows up the tank with his rocket launcher, just Loki's in the background and then like explosion just poof, right next to him. He's just like, well, what the fuck? That would actually be cool to have Loki. Like if they did movies in the background playing out while Loki and more Mobius are trying to track down, the variants, that'd mm -hmm. be pretty dope. Okay, so do you know what? I, I just realized my biggest pipe dream for this show. You know the scene that they had where people think it's Peggy Carter? Mm -hmm. Give me mm -hmm. another scene almost identical to that, but it's Deadpool. 
would that not be amazing? I don't know if it'll happen, and I want it to happen so bad, but there was a huge rumor circulating for a few months um, that since Stan Lee died, that they were going to make Deadpool take over the Stan Lee cameos, and that he would just randomly appear in movies for like a mm-hmm. tiny scene. Dude, the, I feel like the Loki show would be the perfect one for him to do that in, to start. And, well, it makes sense because they're already kind of teasing, like, with having, um, what's his face as Ralph Boner in this, in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. They've already kind of teased, like, the X-Men universe and Fo- or Fox universe merging with MCU. So it'd be perfect just to, like, have Deadpool, like, all confused looking around the room, like, what the fuck, what the fuck where am yeah, I? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, okay, here, here's my, here's my idea. Maybe, like, the end of the show, maybe Loki joins the, the time space yeah the tva and then it cuts to you know how he's similar there and the dude's like take a ticket and he's like why and then that one guy is like oh you didn't take a ticket and they scan him do a similar scene like that almost but it's deadpool showing up and he's pulling a ticket he's like oh what's this for and then it just cuts that would be great dude okay i will say there was a small satisfaction to me whenever the guy was just like oh he didn't give me a ticket like i'm just sitting here just like as a customer service dude just like and he gets fucking vaporized. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> uh, maybe one day we can that's, work for them. That'd be sweet. That'd be my favorite part of the whole job. Well, I don't have a receipt. <laughs> vaporize. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been fun talking, boys. This was, I feel like, a good yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought I it was enjoy- good, too. I'm excited for this enjoy- episode, too. Yeah, me too, definitely. Um, very excited to see where the show goes, and I'm glad to have the Marvel discussion portion back in the show. So Yeah. But anyways, everyone that's listening, we appreciate you as always. That wraps it up for today's show. We will be back next week. Remember, our new air dates are Wednesdays. And next week, we will do our big E3 breakdown plus Loki Episode 2, and we'll have a special guest uh, which is Joey Ferris from Game Explain on YouTube. Ooh, me love guess. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for joining me. Have a good night. Yeah. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in, friends. We will be back next week, same time, same streaming platforms. If you'd like to reach out to us, send us an email, and maybe we will feature you on the next episode. You can email us at reliablenerdandfriends at gmail.com or come find me on Twitter at the Reliable Nerd. Until next time, stay safe, weary traveler.